Welcome, everybody, to Love God, Love His People. This is Lonnie, one of the encouragers. Uh, with me today, we've got James. Say hi, James. How are you all doing today? Welcome, welcome to another podcast. And we've also got Trish. Now, we're working on a second episode of Relationships. This is going to be part two. Like we said, it's going to be a multi-part uh, discussion on, on relationships and everything. Now, uh, today, at the, at the when Trish gets through with, with her presentation, James and I are possibly going to tell a couple of, uh, of relationship stories out of our lives and everything, out of the different types of relationships that people have had and everything. So anyway, um, Trish is, is, is going to be talking about her late husband today, and if it gets emotional, we're going to try to save her. But if it doesn't, this is going to be a, a fantastic podcast. Uh, Trish, did you say hi? No, you didn't ask me to. <laughs> hi, everybody. I'm so glad to be here today and glad you're here. All right. Well, good. We're, we're glad you're here, too. Uh, we're going to put out a couple of things uh, today. Reminder about our website, lovegodlovehispeople.org, uh, to where you can go to get the podcasts. Uh, uh, I will, one of these days, start the blog again. I haven't done it in a while, and I do apologize to the bloggers out there who are listening, but we will get that started up one more time. The Facebook web uh, page has has gone phenomenal. Uh, we're doing great on that. Y'all can put comments in on any of our, our stuff that we have on the Facebook site. You can also go to Love God, Love His People at AOL.com and write comments about how you like the show, or how you like James, or how you like Trish. Uh, they would love to hear some feedback from you, good or bad. Okay, so um, let's hear from Trish. See what she got to say today. Thank you. Um, I thought, James, would you like to open in prayer? Please? Yes, let me open in prayer. Dearly Father, it is once again that we come before your throne, just asking for forgiveness of all our sins, the known sins and the unknown sins, Dearly Father, as we thank you for your grace and your mercy. And we ask that you continue to guide us in the way that we need to be living our lives. And we just ask that uh, if we could say anything or do anything that might touch or help someone along the way with this journey, that you would actually allow us to open our hearts and our minds to actually talk and receive anything that you would have us to know. And we just ask that you lead us in the way that you would want us to go. And we just ask that you continue to bless us and just continue us along this journey, dear Holy Father. And we thank you for all, everything that you can give to us, dear Holy Father. In your daughter's son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, James. Um, today, um, I'm going to cover really my testimony of my life with my husband, who I was married to for 44 and a half years. Um, and um, to let you know exactly that um, God was the center of our marriage. And I just I, I hope that you'll be able to get something from this podcast and apply it to your life and um, go forward with your life and, and your husband or your wife. Last podcast, I shared about how important a husband and a daddy are in the lives of their families, spiritual development, which forms their social development with others as well. Today, I would like to continue where I left off last time. In podcast number two, I shared about a difficult time in my life when I married the wrong man against my daddy's wishes. It turned out badly, and I found myself as a divorced woman. 
After that divorce, I wanted to start out with a fresh start in a new town an hour away from my ex-husband, which meant leaving my parents and my family as well. I quickly found a job as a production painter for a metal casket factory and a beautiful apartment over one of the downtown businesses. My daddy helped me finance a car. I was walking until that time. I made some friends I worked with that were around my age and the guys they were married to or that we worked with. We started going to a country bar on Friday nights. They were always there for me to run off the undesirables. I did date some guys but soon learned most of them were wolves in sheepskin. They wanted more of me than I was willing to give. Most were jerks. As I sat in my apartment one night, I found myself really at the lowest point ever in my life. I had what seemed to be the ideal single life, but I realized I was searching for so much more. I had a meet Jesus encounter that night. I cried out to my Heavenly Father and asked Him to forgive my sins and to heal my brokenness, and He did. But I also cried out and told Him that I was submitting to His will and if he wanted me to be with someone, he was going to have to drop him into my life. He was to choose who the love of my life was to be, because so far I hadn't done well in that department. About six months later, I started receiving the answer to that prayer. In January of 1974, I received a letter from a young soldier named Tony. It seemed my cousin's husband, Chuck, and him met in an airport bar and had several hours together while waiting for Chuck's departure flight for Tony's family to pick him up. They talked about everything, their families, dreams, and Tony told Chuck that he was looking for a young woman to love and get married and have a family. So Chuck told Tony he knew just the girl for him. Chuck gave Tony uh, my name and address. Tony went on leave and actually threw my address and name away when he returned back to Germany from leave. But God had a plan. After two days, he remembered where he got the address from and found the paper stuck to the bottom of the trash can in his room. I received the first letter from Tony in January 1974, telling me who he was, where he was, and that he was looking for a woman to marry and have a family with. I thought he was blunt and to the point, and I kind of liked that. So I wrote him back just to see what kind of guy my cousin had given my name and address to. I figured it, it, it couldn't hurt. He was many, many miles away. We wrote every day and mailed the letter every Friday to each other. I was always excited to get that weekly letter. He was smart, funny, and at times it was scary. Seems we agreed on most of the important things in our life, like our beliefs in God, marriage, and raising children. We liked the same kinds of, kind of music, movies, and food. After eight months of writing and discussing everything we could think of, he asked me for a picture. So I, hit, I sent him one of me, and he sent one of himself to me. He was handsome, and I loved his smile. The way he held himself, the twinkle in his eyes, and the strong forearms and hands, I realized I was already in love with him. After he received that picture, he told me I was beautiful in every letter he wrote and for the rest of his life. On December 1st, 1974, I received a letter saying he was coming stateside to meet me and to build a relationship. He would arrive on Friday, December 13th, 1974. I had 13 days to prepare 
I got my apartment in order and cleaned well. I bought groceries and cleaned out one of my closets for his clothes and suitcases. I was excited to meet this man and prayed he would be the same person in person he was in his letters. The night before he came home, I thought it was probably time I told my parents about him. Several months before, my mama had a dream about a soldier in uniform and had dark hair and wore glasses. I believe that was confirmation from the Lord about my relationship with my soldier boy. At the time she shared that dream, she knew nothing about me writing Tony. My daddy had just got home the day before he came, Tony came home from the hospital. And that day, as you can imagine, it was a shock that I was having a U.S. soldier stationed in Germany coming home to meet me. To say the least, my daddy was not happy about me not telling him a year ago when I first started writing Tony. Finally, the big night was, was here. He was arriving at the local airport at 6.30 p.m., December 13, 1974. In my heart, I believed he was the man of my dreams and an answer to my prayers. My best friends, a married couple, went with me to the airport. We arrived at 6 p.m. His flight was on time. My hands were sweating and I was so nervous. But you should know that we have a true enemy out there who wants to steal and destroy the things that God wants to us to provide in our lives. Tony wasn't on the Tony wasn't on the flight. I was in shock at first when a loud voice came over the loud airport speaker. They called my name to pick up the courtesy phone at the ticket desk. It was Tony. His plane had caught on fire twice that night and he was in Greenland due to an emergency landing. They had rescheduled his flights, but he wouldn't be at the local airport until 12:31 a.m. He arrived and called me at 12:55 to pick him up. Before I hung up the phone, I told him I loved him. I think he was a little taken back with my with me actually saying that to him. But he did say it back to me, and I heard it every day in my life. I was with him for the next 30 days. The man standing in front of me was the same man that wrote those letters every week for the past year. He came home December 13th, asked me to marry him on December 20th, and two weeks later, on January 4th, 1975, I not only married the man God chose for me, but I also married the man of my dreams. I knew God had answered my prayers of so long ago. Everything that happened was an anointed and an appointed time for us. Everything was falling into place and went so smoothly. It was really awesome. Me and my close friend pulled a wedding together in a week and a half. Tony and I took a road trip to Missouri to meet his family. His mama was there for Christmas from Texas and came back to Illinois and stayed with us until we were married seven days later. It was an appointed time from God. I bought my wedding dress, my shoes, and Tony's wedding ring all the night before we became Mr. and Mrs. I was married in the same wedding ring set that Tony's daddy and mama were married in. Everything worked together and it was such a miracle time in our lives. And I just, I want to just say that if it hadn't been God's plan, this would have not came together in that short of a time. Uh, every, I saw God's hand move in everything that happened. We served God and loved each other for the next 44 years, raising four children, having 14 grandchildren, and now have three great-grandchildren. In 2018, my beloved husband and best friend went home in the arms of Jesus. I miss him so much, but the memories I have and the faithfulness I've seen in my life of God's promise that goodness and mercy would follow me all the days of my life, and his unconditional love for me and my loved ones are enough for me in his amazing grace.
My advice on marriage is this. You will have abundantly happy times and at times earth-shaking bad times. You have challenges in your life together. Remember, you do not have you do have a spiritual enemy trying to kill, steal, and destroy in your life. But the most powerful weapon of a married couple is called love and unity. My advice is this. Love Jesus more than you love your spouse, and you will love your spouse the way, the right way that God intended marriage to be. Focus on Jesus. Let him be the third part of your marriage described in Ecclesiastic 4.12. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And God is that third strand in, in the Bible. As God is the center of your marriage, it will be strong to weather whatever storm may hit. Love each other deeply. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Submit one to another out of reverence for Christ. A husband is to love his wife as Christ loved the church. He gave his life for her. Wives are to be subject to their own husbands, for her husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. Being the savior of the body. A good wife is more precious than jewels. Pray together for each other and for maintaining all the areas of your life. Marriage is love, making a decision to be committed to another person, to be sexually faith faithful to that person. It's humility, patience, forgiveness, time for each other, honesty and trust, communication and selflessness. Be always truthful, honest and open with each other, not keeping secrets. 1 Corinthians 13, 4-8 Love endures with patience and serenity, which is peace. Love is kind and thoughtful and is not jealous or envious. Love does not brag and it is not proud or arrogant. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not provoked or overly sensitive and easily angered. It does not take into account a wrong endured. It does not rejoice at injustice, but rejoices with the truth when right and truth prevail. Love bears all things, regardless of what comes. Believes all things, looking for the best in each one. Hoping all, hopes all things, remaining steadfast during difficult times. Endures all things without weakening. Love never fails. It never fails, fades, nor does it end. Mm. I just want to finish up by saying that marriage is not easy, and it's not for wimps. It's for somebody that's going to be committed to another person and go through the hard times together, and you're going to have arguments. You're going to say harsh words at each other. That's where forgiveness and apologies come in where you say, I'm sorry, but you allow God to always be there because he is. He's there with you all the time. And even you people that don't believe he's there, if you really stop and think about it, you could probably see things in your life that you know it was the hand of God. And he loves all of us. And I just wanted to share my story, encourage people that are newly married or have been married for a while and things are kind of stale you know um cry out to god he's going to help you he will help you and just you know love him and get in the word and um there's times that you know your loved one does things that you really don't like that's okay it's okay for them not to be okay and so um god understands that he knows the beginning to the end in your life so just trust him, love him with all your heart, and love the person that he's chosen for you. Amen. Amen. Wow, Trish, that was that was incredible. Uh, it's uh, 
gotten a little wet in here in the booth. Uh, <laughs> a lot of emotion going yes, on, yes. and that's uh, it, it's touched a lot of people and everything, huh, James? Yes, this has broke me down. I'm crying right now. <laughs> but uh, what we're going to do now is we're we're going to look at some some different type relationships. I mean, everybody cannot have the fantastic relationship that Trish has had for all those years with her husband, you know, and and uh, uh, he's still, even though he's gone, he's still with us out here, especially in this podcast. He's out there helping us teach people how to have a great marriage, a good marriage, a great marriage, you know, and, and uh, you don't run into these stories very often, uh, but there are different type of relationships that we're going to talk about now. Um, James is going to talk about uh, one of his type of relationships, and then after him, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about one of mine that happened to me at a Christmas time years ago. James, you ready? Well, I'm ready, and the relationship I'm gonna talk about is actually one that just happened per se um, by accident. Mine was actually a relationship that happened actually when my father died, and actually I had no one to talk to. I was just sitting on a porch. I was actually, uh, actually, I was on a um, walkway. It was a stairwell. I was sitting on a stairwell, and I'm crying and whatnot, and this woman walked past me, and she wanted to know why I was crying and whatnot. I let her know that my father was in the hospital. He hadn't passed away yet, that he was in the hospital. So um, she actually was looking at me. She's like, well, you look like you need a shoulder to cry on. I was like, well, you know, I'm trying to be a man, so I'm trying to stand up for myself and whatnot. I'm like, I, I don't need no help in this and that and whatnot. She said, yeah, you look like you need someone. She said, why don't you come over to my house with me and whatnot? So I went over to her house and whatnot. She made me something to eat and something, something to drink and stuff. And I literally broke down crying on her shoulder that night and whatnot. Well, anyway, one thing led to another, wound up being something else. And when I, but I was just grateful that it was somebody who cared enough to actually lend a shoulder for me to cry on that I didn't expect to happen. And, whatnot. and like what they say, God puts people in certain places for a reason. And at that time, that was something that I needed. Now, where we went after that was not what I was looking for, but, you know, it happened. Like, like what you say, it happens for a reason and stuff like that. And that was just one of those things that I went through in life. But it did teach me that you have to always try and help those you can help when you're actually put in that position to help. And I thank God for that, that I had somebody who's there to actually listen to me, listen to my cry and stuff like that, because then she didn't believe me. So I wound up taking her to the hospital and seeing my dad laying on the bed. He was actually comatose and stuff like that. But then she's like, "Damn, I thought you were just kidding. And so I was like, we're not kidding about something like that. And when I, uh, I'm just sitting there because I'm actually still touched by Trisha's story right now. I still have tears in my eyes right now. So it's kind of hard for me to actually talk and actually get over my story like this. But uh, I do thank her for sharing the story with me because I'm actually in a, involved in a relationship right now. And the things that she said during her story, I'm hoping for that in this relationship that I'm involved in right now. And I'm actually reaching out to God to actually help guide us as far as where I would like for us to be and to go, or actually in his will, of course, uh, because you want to be led the right way and not, not the opposite way or something that's, and things that are not according to his will. Yeah. So I just want to be in the right position, so to speak, which actually during some of our podcasts, we actually mentioned about being in position that God has you to be in. Mm -hmm. So I just want to, you know, order my steps in his will, the way he would have us to go and stuff like that. And I'm going to ask her to listen to this podcast as well, because 
it's truly a touching podcast, and I thank Trish for that. Thank you very much, Trish. Amen. Amen. Um, James's uh, James's relationship. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna break it down to where it's really really simple because that's what we do here. We want to keep things simple. Um, uh, he was shown love by somebody he didn't know. Okay, that's what God wants all of us to do is just show the love out there. Uh, she showed the love by just ready to listen. She was ready to listen to him and everything. Now, can we show love in a business relationship? Uh, yeah, actually we can. That's where my story starts. This wasn't a uh, husband, girlfriend, boyfriend, anything like that. This was a business relationship. Uh, years ago, I owned a um, uh, janitorial and uh, carpet cleaning service. Went into a woman's house. Uh, she was very, very wealthy. Uh, she had some of the most beautiful ivory uh, Berber carpet I have ever seen. Uh, she had tufted leather white uh, sofas, uh, p uh, grand piano. It was just beautiful in there. And in the corner of the house, there was the ugliest Christmas tree I have ever seen in my life. She looked at me and she said, maybe I should explain about that Christmas tree. Uh, she said uh, years ago and everything, we decided in our family that we would make an ornament of a past Christmas. And then we would get up and we would, in front of everybody, talk about this past Christmas. And then we would hang our ornament on the tree. And she said it has grown so much that uh, we have to have one person in charge of it because once you get all those ornaments on there, you can't move it. So I thought, wow, what a great idea. So I went to my family and my sisters when we spent a lot of time together and everything. And we did this a couple of years. The first year that we did this, um, it took three to four hours just to get through it because everybody was so emotional about it. And it increased the, the respect for the family because people were talking about stuff that they didn't even realize that they had done but somebody in the family had remembered it. So that little bit of love right there made Christmas so much better. So as a teaching entity, as we are, maybe you want to think about this, doing it in your own homes. And all you have to do is you take anything and make an ornament out of it that you can put a hook in and hang it up on the tree. Of your favorite past Christmas, why, who helped you with it, that sort of thing, and then hang it on your tree. This will grow as a family thing for years to come, years and years to come. Um, just wanted to let you know about all that and everything. So that's another way that we can we can show love. So what we're, we're, we're teaching with people now is to just, period, go out and show love, no matter in what type of relationship, because every time you speak to another person, that's a relationship. Throw some love in there. I'm going to throw some love at Trish over here. she got something else to say. Go ahead, Trish. I just wanted to share something that I've been doing since my husband passed away. This year is the third Christmas that I've that he's not been here. And I have gone out and bought an ornament to represent him on our tree for the last three years. And the first one was uh, angel wings. That was the, the, the six months after he passed away for Christmas. The next one uh, was a heart that says, I love you. And this year... Um, I bought a little red camper with a Christmas tree on top of it, and mm. I, we hang those ornaments. These are all part of our life that we shared, and I'm going to do that every year so that my children, when I go to be with him and Jesus, 
will have these ornaments to to put on their on their Christmas tree every year. Amen. Very well said. Amen. Amen. Um, this has been uh, one of the one of the best podcasts I believe we've done. Uh, I would like for you guys out there to let us know how we're doing on these podcasts. You can write us a a note or a letter to AOL.com. Uh, love God, love his people at AOL.com to let us know how we're doing. We'd appreciate you doing that. If you've got any ideas for the show, let us know. Uh, we can get those ideas, and by golly, we'll give you credit for those for those ideas and everything. But uh, uh, it's been real quiet uh, on the home front. We've got a lot of people listening to this podcast, so people show us some love. Send us a thing. Tell us how we're doing. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Tell us what we're doing right. Just call and tell us something, uh, either to the AOL.com one, or you can go to the website uh, that we have, which is Love God, Love His People at AOL.com, which is still a work in progress, but we're able to to get the messages there now and everything. So anyway, I'm going to throw a little love over to James. I think he's got something else to say. No, no, I was just sitting here um, because I'm still touched by Trisha's her statements she made today and whatnot like that. I just want to uh, commend everyone that listens to us as we're doing this to give information to you all to help better better your lives and your walk as we want to stand by your side and whatnot. Not be separate, but be as one entity in God. Yes, amen. 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 And if you want to know a bit more about God, please write us at that AOL.com. Uh, we will get in contact with you. We'll get back to you. Leave a phone number if you want to talk to us, and we'll get back to you and talk to you. You need a Bible? We've got a Bible ministry here. Uh, we've got Spanish, and we've got uh, English Bibles and everything, and we'd love to give you one, and we'd love to talk to you and everything. But I think we're coming to the end of our podcast now, and uh, I'm going to ask Trish if she will lead us in prayer for this phenomenal podcast that we've done today. Go ahead and take us home, Trish. Father God, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for always being there for thank us, you, always loving us, no matter where we're at in our life, whether we're on top of the mountain or in the valley, you're still the God of both. Yes, you are. And we thank you, Father. I thank you for this special relationship that I had. And I hope with, by me sharing it, other people can pick up things that they can use in their life, Father God, that will bring you glory into their marriage and into their home, Father, and make them better people and improve their, their quality of life with the ones that they love. And Father God, bless this podcast that it goes to the people that need to hear it and bless their hearts and just I just speak out your word to them that it will go to them and it will accomplish and bring you glory, Father God. And we thank you until the next time, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Now, that's going to be the end of our podcast for this week. But tune in again in two weeks because we're going to have a special guest. Her name is uh, Vienna Herod. And she's going to talk about her relationships. Uh, she's one of the uh, younger generation. And we're going to see how the younger generation differs from the older generation in relationships. Okay? Well, listen, y'all have a great, great... I'm hoping everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Um, and that's over with. But we got Christmas coming up. So stay with us in there and let us know what you think. Bye.